Welcome back. It's seven past the hour, and this is Faith Radio. By the way, we'd love to have you connect with us on our Facebook page, Dr. Bill Meyer Live. Uh, check us out, and we'll keep you updated on what's going on in the program. Also, we'd love to have you uh, sign in and let us know what your answer is to our question of the week. If you could choose one word that describes the type of person you'd like to become in 2017, what would that word be? Uh, let us know on Facebook, and we'll share some of your responses uh, this week. The one word that describes the person you'd like to become in 2017. Well, our friend business consultant, Bill English, the founder of BibleandBusiness.com is here. Good morning, Bill. Good morning. One word. Yeah, we're going to let you think about that. You can kind of, uh, you know, uh, percolate on it for the next hour or so, and then you can let us know what it is. Okay? I'll just email you. All okay. right. Don't have to tell me right now. Okay. Oh, okay. Well, right. <laughs> okay, I won't. Okay. So uh, one of your areas of expertise is uh, consulting family-owned businesses, and I, I bet we have a lot of listeners who either own some kind of family business, maybe a small business, or work for a family-owned business. Um, what are some of the major differences between a family-owned business and a publicly held corporation? Oh, my heavens. In a publicly held corporation, uh, you're going to have uh, – the first thing that came to my mind was you're going to have much better role definitions and who you report to. Uh, the whole governance aspect is going to be probably much better defined. So in a publicly held corporation, your owners are the shareholders, as they are in a privately held. But, but, the, but the point is, is that in a publicly held, you might have millions of shareholders. Whereas in a privately held, uh, you're going to have you know two, three, four, five people uh, potentially who are who are the owners. <clears throat> so, uh, in in any corporation, you can have four different roles that are fulfilled, and so you can have you can be a shareholder, you can be a member of the board of directors, you can be a corporate officer, or you can be an employee. So those are the four roles that you can have in a publicly held. Uh, corporation, all four of those roles are diffused across different individuals. And so usually the shareholders are often not the employees. Sometimes they are, but often not. Uh, Your board of directors are often not shareholders or they are not corporate officers, that kind of thing. In a privately held uh, company, uh, especially family held, all four of those roles are fulfilled by the same people. Mm. And so you get a ton of role confusion is what I called. I wrote an article excuse me, about this at Bible and Business. And uh, role confusion and role, lack of role definition uh, can lead to a lot of problems in small businesses. Okay, so let's talk about some of the pitfalls that you see, uh, and you're consulting some of these businesses right now, uh, Bill, when you've got this, this role diffusion, this, this confusion, what can happen within the company? So what happens within the company is that, uh, and by the way, this is both with businesses that I've worked with in the past as well as ones that I'm uh, working with today. Businesses uh, that have role confusion end up creating a situation in which the chain of command within the organization gets questioned. So let's say, for example, that you have a dad who is the uh, who is the current owner, and there's uh, I'll just say three sons. You know, my three sons, right? G- grew up with my three sons, <laughs> and. Um, uh, the three sons are working in the business, and dad is the owner, and you got the three sons, and uh, there's a business meeting at 3 o'clock on Friday afternoon for everybody to attend. And two of the sons are there on time, and one of the sons comes in 45 minutes late. And after the meeting is over, dad calls that one son aside and says, look, you've really got to be here on time. And the son just blows up at him in front of other employees. 
Now, the son in that situation is probably relating to his dad as a son to a father, not as an employee to an employer. Right. But the other employees look at that and they say, oh, dad puts up with him. But if I did that, I'd get fired. Mm. And so there and so chain of command starts to become a little diffused. Uh, an, another situation is dad is the owner and we still have our three sons and uh, dad is gone for the morning and there's an expenditure that one of the sons wants to make happen that dad doesn't agree with. So he waits for dad to be out of the office. The son goes into the controller and says, I need you to cut a check for this amount to this party so that I can buy X, Y, and Z. And the controller, because the son is also going to be an owner someday, says, okay, I'll do that. And uh, and now you have come back and and dad's mad at the controller, dad's mad at the son, and again, chain of command has been blurred and, and been lost in the process. Mm. It's interesting because I was thinking back to my, my dad's own career. My dad was a business owner, and uh, he immigrated here from Germany, and he uh, was a metal worker. And so he and a, a Greek immigrant started a uh, air conditioning and sheet metal company. Why did I think uh, you were Norwegian? <laughs> Because I looked that way. Okay. Um, anyway, so so Dad and and Art, his his partner, uh, Art Repus, a Greek immigrant, they they started with one truck, and before long they had ten trucks, and then they had fifty trucks, and they had a lot of big uh, commercial and industrial jobs, and did very well. The problem uh, arose a few years yeah. later when, as Art's sons became adults, he brought them into the business. And they were slackers. And not only were they slackers, they were obnoxious slackers. And yeah, and so my dad, who was a pretty upstanding guy, uh, got to the point where he said, I can't tolerate this anymore because this is just messing up my business. So he sold his interest in the business to his partner, did really well with that. But um, it just shows you how, as you said, the lines can get blurred. The lines can get blurred. By the way, that's a great illustration for a point that I always like to make whenever I can, and that is that uh, the second or the third generation, whichever ne- whichever is the next generation that's going to be receiving the business, they need to go work somewhere else for five, maybe ten years uh, to find out what the real world is like. I've worked with a lot of family businesses now where uh, the second or the third generation, all they know is that family business. And so they have no concept of what happens in other businesses. And that's not good for that family business. Uh, You need leadership who's been around the block a few times in other locations. Mm. Our guest uh, is Bill English. He's the founder of BibleAndBusiness.com. You can find this article about family businesses and some of the uh, possible pitfalls that can occur uh, by going to BibleAndBusiness.com. We'll take a quick break and be right back here on Faith Radio. Welcome back. 17 past the hour. It's the Faith Radio Network. I'm Bill Meyer, business consultant. Bill English has joined us from BibleAndBusiness.com. We are talking about family-owned businesses. You can do it right, and you can do it really, really wrong. Um, Bill, um, the other thing that can happen besides this role confusion that we're talking about in family-owned businesses, and I'm sure we have people listening right now who uh, either own one or they're involved in in this family-owned business, or they work for a family-owned business, dysfunctional family relationships can exacerbate those those boundary problems. Uh, And you've seen that uh, in person. Yep. What do you do? 
Well, uh, <laughs> you love them. <laughs> you start out by loving them, you know. Uh, uh, but you have to understand that that the business will only the the stress of working together in the business will only exacerbate the dysfunction and drain whatever um, I want to say uh, love deposits have been made into the love bank within those uh, relationships. So the business is not going to make those relationships better. So if you have a if you have a really bad relationship within a family, asking them to work together is not going to improve that relationship. If anything, it's going to make it worse. Uh, they'll just find more things to fight about, and, and they and they won't have uh, the kind of relationships you want. So you have to work on the relationships outside of the business and make <clears throat> concerted efforts and, and methodical efforts and purposeful efforts to improve those relationships so that those people can work together inside the business. And this is one of the core uh, principles of the Bible and business, of, of the whole of, of everything I do, and that is this, is that the personal dysfunction of the owners will be imprinted onto the business, but the results of that dysfunction will be seen as a business problem rather than a family or a personal problem on the part of the owner. Mm-hmm. And so uh, what we like to do is to say we've got to work on these relationships outside of business and then and then come back and work on them within the business rather than saying we have a business problem. Let's try to resolve it then. Right. You've got to get the, the counseling and get the family members. Uh, yeah. And um, we're not always the people to do the counseling. Right. We're, we're going to refer that out. Sure. Of course. Um, let's say somebody's listening right now who works for a family owned business. And they are experiencing some of that in all of its full-blown glory. Uh, what can they do to deal with the, the role confusion and the, the dysfunction on the part of the owners? Uh, when you have role confusion on the part of the owners, what the employee needs to do is to understand that they, A, cannot solve that problem. B, they're not going to provide clarity. Uh, the owners have to do that themselves. And so uh, see what the what the employee really needs to do is to just go back to both of the parties and say, here's what happened. I assume that I'm reporting to dad and not son, or I assume I'm reporting to son and not dad, and that I need the two of you to work out how you're going to work with me in this business. And I would prefer that you did that with both of them at the same time in the same room. Hmm. And now that's called managing up. And uh, it's not easy to do, but unless you're an employee who loves to live with constant stress and strain and um, uncertainty, uh, I would suggest that you kind of bring it to the forefront in a very nice way with both parties in the room and say, I can't work like this, and you don't want me to work like this. Mm-hmm. I'm not productive this way, and that's not what I'm hired to do is to kind of be the the middle person between the two of you. So you two need to work this out. And if they can't work it out, they need to call, you know, out they need to call in outside help. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't um, solve things for the employee, time to move on. Time to move on, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about how to do it right, Bill. Uh what are some steps that the owners of a family business can take to keep their business healthy and strong long after the patriarchs are gone? You know, uh, in terms of the role confusion topic that we're dealing with this morning, you really have to sit down and say, even though I'm on the board of directors, even though I'm a shareholder, when I'm at work, I'm only the manager of the shop, and i got to stay in my swim lane. I've got to stay within my authority limits that would normally accrue to that position. 
And if I have a problem with what's going on in other parts of the business, I need to work the chain of command, not jump in and try to fix it myself. Uh, because the uh, the non-family members who are employees need the family members to respect the chain of command. If they don't respect the chain of command, uh, you're going to eventually just have shadow CEOs and shadow CFOs and shadow managers, and that just creates all kinds of allegiance problems and loyalty problems within the organization. It's scary. <laughs> it's actually not scary. It's really a lot better for the business. The business is, you know, I'll, I'll take Marvin Windows as, as an example. Marvin is a, uh, a privately held family-owned business, but they know, the family knows how to stay in their swim lanes within the business. They respect chain of command. Yes, the family's in charge, but really not all the family members are in charge. There's one family member who's the CEO, and he's the guy in charge. Marvin Windows has done it right, and as a result, Marvin Windows has been able to scale and to expand and to provide a lot more wealth for a much wider segment of their family than had they not been able to uh, scale with role definitions. I was thinking of another example of a company that's done that well, and that's Chick-fil-A. Yes. Uh, You think about the founder, and, and of course, a big part of that, I would say, is their Christian values. If you look at that company and how they're run and what they, you know, what their goals are and their mission statement... Um, but you know the patriarch is now gone. The sons are carrying on the business, and uh, from an outsider's perspective, looks like they're doing pretty darn well. Yeah, I think they are, and and time will tell. Just like time will tell whether the Trump children can really run his empire. Who knows how well he's trained them at role definitions and being able to step in and really lead and respect uh, their swim lanes and boundaries and and what they're assigned to do. We'll we'll find out. Mm. So if somebody is listening right now, they're in a family business and they're having uh, a tough time, um, Bill English, your consultancy is available. Yes, I work with the Platinum Group here in the Twin Cities. We work all over the upper Midwest. We also work, actually, we work nationwide when needed. Um, and they can get a hold of me at, at bill.english at theplatinumgroup.com. Group is GRP, but it's the Platinum Group. We're out of Eden Prairie in, in Minnesota. And uh, there's 22 of us in the business. We've served, uh, we're 34 years old. We've worked with over a 1,000 different businesses. Wow. We've been interim C-suite, either CEO, CFO, COO, in uh, over about, about 110 businesses now. And uh, we are just a bunch of business junkies who love business and love making small business right. You know, I'm 56. I'm one of the younger guys. So we don't. We tend not to hire people who haven't been knocked around in business <laughs> and, and have and aren't pretty experienced. So and they're done that. Yeah, yeah. but they but they they can just email me bill.english at uh, theplatinumgroup.com. Great. Also, want to mention the article that Bill has written at bibleandbusiness.com on family businesses and some of the problems that can occur. Um, would suggest you go there. Some other great articles as well on applying your faith to your business. So, Bill, thanks. You bet. Have a good day. <laughs> 